G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Friends, by and large, are fantastic. It's great to have some good friends. But here's the question. What sort of a friend are you? I mean, are you the sort of friend that people are dying to discover? Or are you the sort of friend, in inverted commas, who people would run a million miles from? I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program as we take a look at your particular approach to friendship from a different perspective. And please do stick with me, because at the end of today's message, I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet. It's called How to Build Life-Changing Friendships, and I'd love to send you a free copy to help you develop rich and powerful relationships in this year that lies ahead. But today is the very last day that you'll be able to request your copy, so don't miss out. As our time together over these past few weeks talking about friendship draws to a close, my hunch is that one of the things that we need to ask ourselves is, what sort of a friend am I? Am I the sort of friend that Jonathan was? We've chatted about him a few times these past weeks. He was King Saul's son, and even though he may have been next in line for the throne, he protected God's anointed successor David from his murderous father. In the end, it cost him his life. Or am I more like Saul, prone to jealousy and anger and outrage and revenge against the very people who've saved my skin in the past? Or am I somewhere in between? I think these are vitally important questions because they go to our character, they go to who we are, they go to whether other people can trust us as their friends or whether they have to wash their backs when we're around. If someone took a poll of the people who are close to you, at work, at church, at home, amongst your social circle, if someone were to ask all those people, what sort of a friend are you, what would they say? Trustworthy or not? There when you needed them or not? Encouraging or not? Honouring or not? Today, we're going to hold a mirror up to our faces, you and I, and ask ourselves, what sort of a friend am I? Some people are deceivers. What they purport to be on the outside is not who they are on the inside. What what they say to your face is not what they say behind your back. The wonderful line from the British comedy Yes, Prime Minister, when the wise old civil servant Sir Humphrey Appleby says to the young public service protege Bernard Woolley, he says, remember, Bernard, you have to get behind someone before you can stab them in the back. That sums up those sorts of people, and there are plenty of them walking on planet Earth today. They're the Judas kind of friend. Luke chapter 22, beginning at verse 1. Now the festival of the unleavened bread, which is called the Passover, was near. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to put Jesus to death, for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was one of the twelve. And he went away and conferred with the chief priests and the officers of the temple police about how he might betray Jesus to them. They were greatly pleased and agreed to give him money, so he consented and he began to look for an opportunity to betray Jesus to them when there was no crowd present. Let me ask you directly but quietly, are you such a friend? Are you a Judas kind of friend? Because if we are, then our relationships are going to be few and far in between. 
People won't trust us enough to allow us to be their friends. We need to be trustworthy in order to have influence in people's lives. They need to know that we're going to be acting in their best interests, and by and large, friendship is about influence. One of the rudest shocks I've ever experienced in my life is the transition from military life back to Civvy Street. Things were pretty simple in the Army. Everybody had a rank. You knew where you stood in the pegging order, and that was it. By and large, the system worked pretty well, although it was a culture that we kind of took for granted. Then I left the military and I became a consultant working in organisations where not only did these civvies not get it, but as an advisor, I had no executive authority. I couldn't decide to do things and then just tell people to do them. I could only advise and cajole and guide. It was kind of like herding cats. It was in that place that the difference between influence and control hit me in the face like a wet fish. At first, I hated it, but it wasn't long. And I began to realise that right from the beginning, even in the wonderfully structured and organised world of the military, leadership had always been much more about influence than control. But that's where my mentor of 20 years, Graham Pratt, the managing director of our consulting firm, taught me the single most important lesson about influence. It's a lesson that I still get to apply every day of my life, decades on. And here it is. When people can trust us because we genuinely put their interests first, Man, it's just amazing how influential we become. And influence is the currency of friendship. Let me say it again. Influence is the currency of friendship. Graham established a culture in our company that demanded that we always, irrespective of the circumstances, acted first and foremost in the interests of our clients. Pretty gutsy move now that I look back on it. I can remember on more than one occasion that principle costing us tens, even hundreds of thousands of dollars in ongoing work. Ooh, ouch. We'd often be sitting around a meeting table in the office chatting about giving a client some piece of difficult advice and time and time again as we'd debate the relative merits of good advice to the client versus the potential negative impact on our own organisation's revenues and, and how we might mitigate that, Graham would bring us back to the principle that drove all that we did. The client comes first, second and third and everything else comes next. You know, as time went by, our consulting firm developed an enviable reputation for always providing the hard advice in the best interests of our client, irrespective of what that meant for our revenue. And the end result of that was that our firm grew from a small backyard outfit to a substantial practice that worked internationally for some of the largest organisations on the planet. What was going on here? We developed great influence with our clients because they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that they could trust us to act in their best interests no matter what. Did we always get it right? No, of course not. But we always gave advice without fear nor favour that we felt was in the best interests of our client. Now, Graham's been long retired, but this piece of wisdom of his is a gem that's blessed me over and over again. It was the key, if you will, that opened my understanding of what influence is all about. Of course, there's nothing new in any of this. It just took me a while to figure it out. Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, didn't regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but in fact emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
a friend in need is a friend indeed. And, and the sort of friend that people are looking for in this world is the sort of friend that's like Jesus, the sort of friend that puts them first. Someone whose life declares the powerful truth of the love of God through Jesus Christ. That's what they're looking for. Someone who put their interests before their own. Someone who lay their lives down for a friend. Because let me tell you this, no greater love has anyone than to lay down their life for a friend. And it's in this Jesus paradigm of sacrifice and suffering that we discover rich friendship. It's, it's in this Jesus paradigm that we discover true friendship, lasting friendship. It's when we learn to forgive a friend freely that we build close relationships. And, and this is the sort of friend that your friends are crying out for. This is the sort of friendship they never thought they could find. Just imagine what it says to them about Jesus when they discover this sort of friendship, sacrificial friendship, loving friendship in you. The question is, are you such a friend? Will they find Jesus' friendship in you? Well... If there's one thing that the events of last year taught us, it's that when the chips are down, we all need friends whom we can lean on and support at the same time. And yet as life gets back to normal in this rush, rush, rush of real life, it's so easy to let friendships slip. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called How to Build Life-Changing Friendships to Help You Develop Rich and Powerful Relationships in this year that lies ahead. And at the end of each chapter, you'll find a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into your relationships. You can request your free copy right now. Either stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your booklet straight out to you in the post. But this is the very last week that it'll be available, so don't miss out. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time on Monday with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.